Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. Today I'm talking with Trevor from Hello Baby. Hi Trevor, nice Hello. to meet you. Hello. Hi. Uh, all good? In yes, the UK? good. Sitting here trapped in my office in, in St. Albans, near London. Oh, great. Um, so Trevor has two businesses. One of them is... Um, a store um, for um, baby nursery. Yes, baby nursery products. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you would tell us a bit about that. And also, well, um, there is a consulting company, Wend Labs, or Wend Lab, sorry Wendlab. for that, Wend Lab, um, where um, his team helps um, e commerce store owners to get um, selling products on several marketplaces and the right channels to really grow uh, the business. So Trevor, tell us a bit about yourself, about your tools and well, products. So I, I mean, I've been selling online for about 12 years now. I, did, I started in 2008. Um, when, oh, wow. When, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, so I started when eBay was like the thing. So I was originally, I was working for a company that, that sold products on eBay. They were like one of the, um, they were like the UK's biggest eBay reseller. Mm-hmm. I was working for them and um, met a lot of online sellers. It was a real time when uh, particularly eBay was like the, the, the go-to platform. And I was very into eBay at the time. And um, so now, uh, you know, at the time I thought, well, there were loads of people. It was very, it seemed like a very good way of starting a business. You know, you can start it up with very little capital. You can, you know, the platforms were there, which you could just start selling on. It was exciting. Um, I mean, now it's really, you know, these days it's very much Amazon's the thing. And eBay hasn't really grown in quite a long time. Um, I but think, still, but still, sales are possible on eBay, right? eBay, no, eBay is still really important. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like probably about ten percent of our sales are on eBay. I mean, ten percent is ten percent. I mean, yeah, it's great. Um, and it's just Amazon is. I mean, you know, ten years ago, Amazon was, I don't know, a fraction of the size of eBay, and now it's ten times bigger. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. it's 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 really making the running. I think the, the, the case with Amazon is um, actually that the people that purchase on uh, Amazon have um, a very good feeling. Um, they, they feel very comfortable on, on the marketplace and they the exact know... opposite of what it's like to be a seller on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But for the, for the end user, they feel comfortable. They know they are safe. They will get the money back if there is anything. They need not deal with the vendor. They need to deal with Amazon, and Amazon you know, decides what to do. I mean, and on eBay, I you have nothing. Us, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a false sense of security. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that it's bad that um, we have one company that's so dominant mm. because they, you know, you see it from the point of view, I mean, point of view of a seller. But I mean, you know, these, it's not good to have monopolies because they don't. You know, we. Um, you know, these days, I mean, just as an example, right, we had a problem with eBay. Uh, one of our accounts got shut down. I wrote to the managing director of eBay and said, you know, you just write him a letter and say, look, you know, this has happened. Got reopened the next day, right? eBay 
cares about its, you know, cares about its sellers because it needs them. Whereas Amazon, we had a problem, got ourselves in a bit of a pickle. It took about six months of me pleading with strangers to to fix it. There's no way of, you know, you can, you can, they have an algorithm which says, you know, that, that says that this account is a problem and you can't get past that. And you just cannot talk to anyone reasonable about them. Yep. And the only way I fixed the problem was to go onto LinkedIn and find some people and just say, please help me. Yeah, um, this is this is really um, a thing on Amazon. You don't have... have um, so the, the support is there, yes. And you can get help, yes, for using it. But if you have a problem, it really takes ages. Um, well, it's I, just, it's almost... There's no, there's, no, um, <clears throat> there's no way of getting through to someone. I mean, yeah. you know, we... Um, we had a problem with one account that caused another account to be get shut down. It was like this cascading kind of problem. And it, the only way I fixed it was by just finding someone, the one person at Amazon in the whole 100,000 people who worked there that actually cared. So, <laughs> That's a, nice. Um, and uh, how, many, how many sales um, in the UK go uh, to, to Amazon? Do you have a, a number for, for that in mind? Third, our, our business at the moment is about a third Amazon, a third website, and a third other. So the other being things like well, eBay, we sell on something called Frugo in the UK, we sell on something called OnBuy, um, we sell on C-Discounted France and Ball in the Netherlands. And something called Real in Germany, real.de. Um, wow, don't know actually. Oh, anyway, this yeah, is yeah. Otto. No, Otto? Otto, yeah, it's Otto, it Otto, Otto, Otto and Real. The thing is with marketplaces, it's great, you know, the... the, the <coughs> sorry. My experience with marketplaces is onboarding a new marketplace, about one in four of them is actually worth the effort, but you don't know that in advance. No, you don't. Which one is worth the effort, and they yeah. are quite a lot of effort. So we only, we use a system called Linworks, we'll only integrate with, with marketplaces that integrate with Linworks. Because, you know, then, because otherwise you have to do kind of workarounds and stuff. Uh, maybe your product can help us, but um, the... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, it's, it's, we will it's, see. Um, it's difficult, you know, if you've got a, you know, someone comes to us with a new marketplace and we think, well, you know, do we, you know, the chances of us getting that many sales are quite low. And, you know, if you think about it, I mean, we do, we do, we sell a little bit in a lot of places. So we would sell, for example, in Amazon Spain, we would do a few thousand euros a month, but it all adds up, right? But the thing is with Amazon Spain is it's, it's integrated, it's very, works in a very similar way to the other Amazons. It's integrated with the other Amazons. Our sales system integrates with it. So even though the sales are reasonably low, it doesn't really matter because it's quite easy to manage. Whereas if we were to integrate with, I don't know, take an example. We used to sell on, um, <coughs> sorry, Vice Minister in France mm-hmm. and uh, Rakuten in what's now called, well, there's, you know, for example, there's Fanac in France, there's Vice Minister in France, there's... Um, Rakuten in Germany, we could sell on these things, but the sales would be very low, really, compared to other channels. And How do you do with translations? So when you sell on local stores, um, you, you said with you, you don't have that much work, but wouldn't you? Or okay, don't depends, you need? If you if you're looking at, say, for example, um, uh, well, these days, you know, Google Translate is your friend, and mm. it works surprisingly well for everything. Yeah, you can do. Um, so we would use Google Translate for customer service and we'd use Google Translate for product listings. Mm-hmm. And as does, as does Amazon. I mean, a few days, if you want to create new listings on Amazon, you can now say, 
list me on these channels and it will automatically create products using, I'm guessing, something not dissimilar from Google Translate yeah. to create the listings. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, you can do, I mean, if you, want to, if you want to translate the listings, you can use a Google spreadsheet and do translate this cell into this cell. Yeah. It's impressive. And the, the, the results aren't bad. Um, but also, if you're looking at, I mean, most of these platforms we're talking about are um, catalog systems. So, you know, like Amazon, it's a catalog system. You list against a catalog item. And therefore, you know, it may be that a lot of your inventory already exists. Yeah, already. absolutely. So you don't have, there's, you know, so we started selling. And the last marketplace we did was, um, well, okay, take, for example, Amazon Netherlands, right? There's Amazon Netherlands, Amazon Poland, and Amazon Sweden launched recently, right? A proportion of our inventory will already be on those channels. And so it'll be a case of taking our UK inventory. So one of the, you know, the ASIN, Amazon standard identification numbers. So take the listings for the Amazon UK, say which ones of those are already on Amazon Netherlands. And we know, therefore, we can just sell against those listings and we don't have to create them. And then it's a question of saying, okay, which listings are not, you know, we, with those that are already there, which listings aren't there, we create the new listings, we don't create the ones which are already there. So, um, how do you handle the shipping? Well, that's all changed recently. I mean, as you know, with, with Brexit. Um, well, I mean, to a certain extent, um, well, I mean, you just put it in a different bag to a certain extent. Yeah. When you, you have a service that, sh- that, that does, um, I mean, it's just become, a, because of Brexit, it's just become a lot more expensive. And that's yeah. not because of Brexit. That's because of, well, it is because of Brexit. But that's not because the shipping's become more expensive, though it has a bit. Uh, it's more to do with the fact that um, where there was no border previously, there's now a border. Mm. So items, therefore, need to go through customs. And in order to make sure that not everything doesn't get lost, in, uh, you know, if you send stuff, there's DDP and DDU, right? Delivered duty unpaid, delivered duty paid. If you send things delivered duty unpaid, A, it's against Amazon's rules. B it's a bad customer experience. Absolutely. Now, if I would need to pay something on addition. Well, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not, it may sound bad. I'm not that bothered about being a bad customer experience, right? What I am bothered about is the fact that A, people can leave me, you know, if, if, it's what, if it's what's been agreed between us and the customer, right? Then that's fine. Now, the problem is that they don't realize this and they're not realizing that they need to pay the duty and therefore they either get very upset and leave feedback or it doesn't get delivered. Yep. That's you know that's the problem. So it's more that you know in certain if if stuff has to go into customs and people have to pay, they'll get upset whether they have the right to get upset or not. You know because you know you may well not have like, you know people don't read things and therefore they don't realise that there's duty due on this item if it gets shipped from the UK. And you know you could say well they should have read the small print, but no one ever does. Yeah, so, no one does. No, we, definitely. We want, we want, you know, it, it's, and, if we and tend, the next bad review is on the way. Yeah, the next bad review is on the way. So, so we need to make sure it's it's a deliverability problem. Yeah, stuff therefore then needs to go via a track service that can be delivered duty paid, and they are more expensive than the delivered duty unpaid service. Okay, so got it. It used to be that it used to be that everything could go via an untracked service. But now everything has to go via a track service. 
mm-hmm. basically. Got it. And do you have a shipping center uh, or do you ship yourself? We have a warehouse. A warehouse, yeah. That's what you mean by shipping center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's quite, I mean, we are going to be using FBA that we don't at the moment. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we sell, we've got like 5,000 SKUs. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got lots of suppliers and 5,000 SKUs. And a complex setup like that doesn't really work with a, or it's more difficult to make work with an external warehouse. Yeah, fully agree. Yeah, fully so agree. If you, if you um, have lots of deliveries coming in, so we've got, you know, about three, four hundred orders going out every day, mm. lots of deliveries coming in and, you know, lots of, so we do, you know, lots of different couriers, blah, blah, blah. It's quite hard to make, you know, if you've got, you know, if, if you're an FBA seller that's got 10 SKUs. Yeah, that's a problem. You can ship it to Amazon, that's it. That's, you know, you can you can just send the stuff out. Um, mm. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it'd be lovely not to have a warehouse, but I don't think it's not really, you know, even, even with, um, I think that even if we're doing FBA or even if, you know, you've got to ask, how good is your supplier at delivering stuff into Amazon? Because a lot of them won't be that good. I mean, some of them are set up for it, but some of them aren't. I mean, it's a bit like you know, um, uh, like drop shipping, right? I have not. I'm sure that some people run drop shipping businesses, though. I have to say, I've not really come across um, anyone that any way of any deep, good enough suppliers selling good enough products. That would make me think that I could just get rid of just do a drop shipping business. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a bit of a get rich quick scheme fantasy that you don't do dispatch yourself because I think it depends a bit on the niche. So um, if you have something very specific where you um, where you have a niche and you have the audience, you're a blogger and you have the audience. Let's make some business out of it. Uh, drop shipping totally makes sense, but you're totally right. It's it's a hard business. Um, and, and the, the, um, promotions running from dropshippers towards the vendors is typically this get rich fast thing. And, uh, it's, it's not serious, I think. Well, I mean, I think it probably works. I mean, if you're, if you're doing it, you know, it depends what, see, the kind of companies we work with, right? They tend to be, you know, fairly, you know, reasonably big companies. They don't, they are interested in, and they are good at, um, taking, <laughs> you know, basically, to, to a certain extent, the model with e-commerce, right, is you have a supplier. Yep. They, you buy a bulk order from them, they put the bulk order on a pallet, they send it to you, you split it up, and you send it to a customer, right? And that's the way it works, right? Now, they are good, our suppliers are good at putting things on pallets and sending them to us. They're not good at sending things directly to customers. And Definitely they say, not. They, it's they not their business. It's, they might say they do it, and some of them do, but there's a number of problems. One is that they are typically not set up to, you know, that it may be that, you know, therefore your business is only as good as they are delivering things. And it's only as good as they are telling you what the, the stock updates are. Now, yeah. if you, you can do things where you buy things to order, but, you know, as you know, things like Amazon, um, so they're saying, okay, if you get a negative feedback of more than 1%, then your account can get shut down. Yep. Right. Now, if you're so that means that your deliveries, you know, broadly speaking, need to be better than 99%. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, um, if your dropshipper can only deliver 98% of the time, right, 
that it doesn't work. Uh, that's my experience, really. Absolutely, so, yeah, fully, fully understand that. <clears throat> I have so, seen it. Uh, I've seen it as well uh, with with um, quite some customers um, that what well, we we serve a lot of B two B customers as well. Yeah, um, and some of them wanted to start this uh, dropshipping business, so they they wanted to give their vendors um, an, an opportunity to uh, ship the products directly to, to customers. And they yeah. all stuck at the shipping part because they're really used to call um, the, the guy who picks up the pallet and not the guy who picks up the package. And they really have problems to, um, um, to, 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 to make the goods even available in smaller, um, in smaller numbers. Um, because yeah, so they have quick about it as well. tackle ready for pellets. My suppliers, I mean, uh, suppliers, my experience with suppliers is they don't tend to be very tech savvy. So yeah. if you, um, you know, so... The, Make the way, a fax the order. Works with, you know, <laughs> the way it works with retail, right? As, I mean, this is pretty basic stuff, but you take an order, you ship it out that day or the next day, and it gets delivered yeah. to some of those offices. You've got to be quite quick, right? But you, you know, whereas a supplier would typically, you know, we might send a in most of our suppliers, we'd send them an order, and they wouldn't process it for like five. You know, we sometimes it doesn't get processed for three or four days. Yeah. So they're not quick enough at doing it. So I mean, this is um, and I don't know if you've read that the um Tony, what's his face that did what's his face? May you rest in peace. The guy that um set up Zappos. Yeah. Now, if you read his book, he talks about because they were originally they are, they are, their original idea was to be a dropship company and not not um, not deliver you know not not hold any stock. But they realised reasonably quickly that the, that their suppliers weren't good enough at delivering things. Mm-hmm. And that is my experience with dropship. Unless they're really set up for it, they don't do, you don't do it. And the other thing is that you know another option is buying things into order. So we recently started. A, set up a pet business and we thought okay we'll find a supplier that's got a big catalogue we'll publish the catalogue and all the different places we're good at selling that we can get we'll, we'll, we'll sell the stuff we'll put it on a five day delivery time scale we'll, we'll sell it we'll buy it for next day delivery and we'll ship it out job done we don't have to buy any stock but it, again you get to the problem that um, they're only if they're only 98% of good at delivering stuff it's that 1% or 2% that causes all the problems. Yep. So it is. And this is, this is really, especially when you sell on, on Amazon, especially on Amazon, you really need to take care that what you say to customer should really be that what you do. And if you say you deliver in two or three days, then the package needs to be there in two or three days. Yeah, and it's, that, especially with things like Prime, and people are expecting it to be, you know, they, they, they actually read these things and they read the promise and they get upset when it doesn't arrive. But the problem with Amazon is that, of course, their catalog is of, of variable quality. So a lot of the time, a lot of our problems are caused by the fact that Amazon's catalog is wrong. Mm. That's very difficult to fix or very difficult to cope with. Yep. Joe, yep. um, um, tell yep. me, what, what's your current e-com stack? So you have a web store yourself as well, not only the, the journals. What's yeah, your stack? So it's, it's, uh, Linworks is the kind of the e-commerce, the, the hub, the, the backbone of the situation, which is Linworks is a... Um, I think they would call themselves a total commerce platform. Mm-hmm. So they integrate with different channels. So our website is Magento. Um, whether we would, I don't know why. Don't know where I stand on the whole Magento Shopify thing. Uh, I think, what, what, which Magento? One or two? Two. 
Two already, great. Yeah, what, what, what already, means already, yeah. <laughs> well, I know too much that they're still on one, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Magento... I mean, I believe that Magento is more um, configurable than Shopify. Yeah. I think that... Um, but I think that... I mean, running websites is really tough on just about every level, I think. And um, it's really hard to... Magento is a bit of a beast. It is. And we recently spent quite a lot of money trying to get it faster with an agency, a specialist Magento agency, that said that they could make it faster and they made it a little bit faster. And I don't even know what fast is anymore. And that's what I mean. I'm so confused by it. I don't even know what I don't even know what I mean. When people say it's very easy with Magento and in fact SEO and in fact any of these things to get one of these online tools that'll say, you know, you've got X, Y, and Z problem. And then, you know, someone will identify the problem and say, therefore, we need to fix it. Yeah. But it's actually then very hard, you know, like we've been doing this a long time. And if the answers were easy, we'd have done them already. And whenever I hire external agencies, I realize that actually we actually did a lot better than I thought we did. But um, I was telling you about, um, so Linworks is the kind of backbone, Magento is the website. Um, and yeah, that's uh, the, the Linworks will do the shipping integration. It does the channel integration. It does the stock management, and it does the warehousing. Perfect. So the warehousing is the least strong bit of it. And uh, how many sales do you go through to go through Magento uh, compared to the other channels? Percentage? It's about a third Magento. Pardon? About a, third, a third eBay. A Thirty. Magento a third. A third um, Amazon, the third other, and the other includes eBay. Okay, very interesting. So we so, would do we would do quite a lot on something called Frugo, and quite a lot on something called, or quite a lot of Bol in the Netherlands, um, and a bit on a few other channels. Mm-hmm. And do you have someone who is um, focusing on operations only, or is this you? No, I do. I do have an operations manager that does that. Yeah. It's still got like ten people working for me, so. Mm-hmm. I've got people I'm trying to... Um, you get to the point when... And I got to that point probably a few years ago, but I only did it recently, did something about it recently, that A, you run out of energy for trying to manage everything. Mm-hmm. I just... The daily grind of trying to fix some of these problems that just, just reoccur. Um, and you realize that you only have skills in certain areas. And I needed to get some other people to help me do things. So... Um, for example, retention marketing. Yeah. Um, um, and we've kind of got to the point, you know, what is the... I was doing the kind of finance stuff myself. But then I realized, you know, I need a better model for understanding how to make money out of this business. And I need a better model for understanding how, you know, it's, it's quite easy on e-commerce stuff to, so, to, you know, just be quite transactional about things. And so sell this product on this channel at this price. But then... It's more difficult to have a better idea of the kind of customer lifetime value. And I'm not that kind of marketeer. And therefore, I had to hire a marketeer that understands that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we've been quite transactional up to now and just quite, you know, congratulate ourselves for every sale that we didn't get on. We got on whatever channel we got them on yeah. without really thinking about the cost of acquiring customers. That's great. That's great when, when, when someone can say that about. The, the the things that um, they are selling it's really cool. Yeah. Um, what role does automation play in your operations? 
Well, nearly um, everything is automated. It depends when we try not to have any any manual processes. I mean, yeah. than, but I mean, you can't avoid them. Something's got to pack something. But yeah, <laughs> so it's very important for you to, to have everything automated. Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, it, it, so, you know, the stock level, the stock level updates happen automatically. The orders get pulled in automatically. Um, we then pick the items using handhelds into tote boxes, plastic boxes, and then we scan the item as we, we scan the item, it spits out a label. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one will be the package label, one will be the, the delivery note. That then goes into a, a bag and gets picked up. So, um, but then I mean, you, to a certain extent, there's another way of looking at automation, right? If everything was perfectly automated, we'd all be out of a job, right? <laughs> yeah, you need you need a few people as well, of course. Well, there's more that I mean. Look, you know, if everything, if if markets work perfectly, right, and delivery work perfectly, and everyone was always, they would buy the cheapest thing from Amazon all the time, and they wouldn't need us. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think with automation, I mean, if if I mean, if everything got delivered on time, right, you wouldn't need a customer service team. Yeah. Right. If everything, if all the descriptions were, if if, if suppliers provided you with perfect product descriptions, again, you wouldn't need that. Be hard. The other half of the problems you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 all prices were perfectly transparent and people only ever bought from the cheapest place. Then they would just buy directly from the manufacturer or from from Amazon. So the fact that things aren't perfectly automated is in some ways a good thing. So we try and you know people, um, uh, but we try not to. You know, we we it's important for us. We don't do any manual updates. We try everything needs to be pushed through and pulled in automatically. Yeah. Um. That that is important. Cool. Great. Um, now we talked a bit about your e-com business itself. Yeah. So you as a vendor. Um, but now let's talk about you as a consultant. Yeah. So I also um, run a consultancy business called VendLab, which that is all about getting people to sell on, you know, helping businesses sell on marketplaces. So you know, selling on on Amazon, but not only in the U- Amazon, eBay, not only in the UK but also internationally. Um, Something we've done very well in my retail business is international sales. So half of our products were exported. At least they were before Brexit, anyway. Um, and, <laughs> you don't like the Brexit, right? I'm <laughs> uh, not a fan. Yeah, uh, me, me either. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's. I don't know what it's achieved. Stroke nothing. Um, uh, so international sales and helping people improve their international sales, mainly through marketplaces, um, and also um, streamlining their streamlining their businesses through products like Linworks. So um, we are. Um, so the things that we we've been we've done very well ourselves. So marketplaces, international trade, um, and automation. So oh. yeah, we work. work with what, what is yeah? What did you learn there? So what what did your clients learn you, and what can you give um, as 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 a quick tip for our audience? Oh God, there's so many tips, really. I mean, it depends. <laughs> you have to be a little bit more specific than that. Um, well, I mean, personally, I think that if you are, I mean, I don't know what kind of, you know, if you've got a catalog you're selling, right, there's no reason not to sell it on marketplaces and no reason not to sell it internationally. And it's relatively, it's a lot easier to get sales, I would say, by selling your, by opening up the channels that you sell it through 
other than trying to do things like, you know, you know, what examples, getting better at SEO, getting better at um, pay-per-click, getting better at email. I think it's a lot easier just to, to start selling through uh, one of these channels that in these ready-built channels. So, you know, the chances are, I mean, you could say, I mean, there's reasons not to sell on Amazon, there's reasons not to sell on eBay, but these channels have um, enormous audiences mm-hmm. and your customers are already almost certainly already on them. And they also do things that are quite hard to do. I mean, for example, um, it's, you know, Amazon has um, just recently launched, well, I mean, Amazon, they recently launched Amazon Netherlands and Amazon Poland, right? It'd be a lot easier for us to reach Polish customers through Amazon Poland than it would be to go directly via our website. Yeah, definitely. And it'll be a lot easier. I mean, for example, we sell in Amazon Japan and the sales aren't massive, but they're, you know, they're significant, they're a few thousand pounds a month. Um, and it's very hard. It's much, you know, or other examples are UAE or Saudi Arabia. They're great ways of reaching international customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you've already got the product data and you've already got a system, a dispatch system for doing these things, then you've done most of the hard work already. Yeah. Um, and then um, it's a case of of configuring your systems and your, you know, getting, you know, working out an automated system for ensuring that you pull in the chapter sales from these different channels into a central system and dispatch from a central system um, to, you know, wherever your customers are. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And I think also this this is also something that um we recommend to our customers. Um if you have the channels and you can sell the products online, if you have a catalog ready, go there and just sell it. Listen, yeah. if it works, good. If it doesn't work, it's not that much hard work because you have the catalog ready anyway. Well, I mean, for example, with Amazon, I mean these catalog, all the main ones, I mean, like, you know, Amazon, C Discount, Bowl, and I don't other ones. Um They're mainly catalog-based systems. Yep. So the inventory is already there. So it's a case of taking the bar, your product's barcodes, matching them against Amazon, and then you know creating the listings in Amazon, then linking those in with your system. Yep. So it, it then becomes quite a, a, you know, it's relatively straightforward to get to get started. I mean, I think that it, it becomes more difficult if you're uh, like an FBA seller who is, you know, trying to, you know, launch a new product on Amazon. I mean, obviously the products don't exist there, so you need to create optimized listings and sell those on. Yeah, and you need to ship the products. You need to ship the products to the stocks uh, in the local uh, shipping centers of Amazon. It's, well, it's amazing to me. These days, there's this whole thing with um, a lot of companies buying up FBA sellers. Have you come across this? Uh, not so, because it's not that much our audience. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've, I've heard about that, yeah. They're making there's enormous amounts of money going into buying FBA sellers. Yeah, at the moment I don't know. There must if you're an FBA seller, you must be getting so many phone calls from people saying we want to buy you. <laughs> Very uh, interesting. Yeah, they must be they must be utterly inundated. Now, um, this is my last question for the day, and uh, I love this question because um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to hear. Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? You know, part of my problem, I'm almost entirely self-taught. Yeah. And this, are, and this are the most people, but who has told you the most? Have you read a much? Um, have you ever read books? Or did you go on Google and just try and error? Um, 
Do you know, oddly, for someone who's been working in retail for 12 years, I don't think I know very much about it, in a way. I mean, I understand the, the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. and I understand how to optimize policy and get sales. But I mean, what I'm actually learning recently from my, there's a whole different side of it, which, you know, the start, you know, which, and these are hard problems, which I find difficult. So, for example, how do you, um, how do you manage stock? You know, how do you manage? And these are problems which are almost as important. All these things are really important. So, how do you, you know, basic, how do you connect with customers? And um, because the e commerce side of it, you know, you can get a product, you list it on Amazon, and you can sell it and you can dispatch it. And that is, you know, it's a process. Whereas you get this bit of it, which is more of an art. And that is, you know, and I've been recently, you know, my, my the marketing manager, Richard, who I, I um, recruited recently, he's taught me a lot about that. So probably him. Um, but it's, um, he taught me the most. Uh, you know, I think mainly it's mostly what I've learned is just really just, uh, you know, reading up, um, you know, lots of online content. And also, I mean, you tend to get, um, if you choose a system like, like Limworks, or like we used to use something called Follow, they will push you in a certain way and they will say, okay, we integrate with eBay, we integrate with Amazon, we integrate with this and that, right? And to a certain extent, you know, you can, if you just, and the, the, this is, these are like open doors to push against and you can say, okay, well, if, because you integrate with these systems, we will sell on these platforms. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good way, you know, so you will get pushed in a certain direction by, by the, 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 the capabilities of the systems you use. Mm-hmm. I suppose that influenced me the most but also holds us back the most because, you know, if your system only integrates with certain channels, it then becomes quite hard to sell on other channels that might be a good idea. So um, the system we use, right, is great at listing on eBay. It's great at listing on Amazon. It's, but then, and it's, it's, it's good at dispatch, but it hasn't got it. It's, it's not particularly good at, doesn't have a CRM, doesn't have any email, you know, email capabilities. And therefore, these are things we have to go and find our own solutions to. And because they're not integrated with the system, it then becomes quite a lot harder to do it. So I think that that is probably the, I don't know if that's a really bad answer to your question, but... Um, very, it were very, very interesting answer. And um, I think we can summarize this as learning by doing. Yes, um, learning by doing. Learning by doing and, yeah, and, get, and see how it goes. You do get to a point where you realize that you need to get some help. And that's the point that yeah. we've got to. Because... Yeah. Um, I mean, I've grown a four million, we turned over four million pounds last year, which is great. But we need, in order to grow, we've now got to the point where I need to hire people in who know more about things than me. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's a learning curve. Cool. And um, how, did, how did COVID, um, the pandemic, how did uh, it, it, it um, yeah, affect your e-com sales? Um, well, it went um, in April, May, June last year, the sales did that. Yeah. Which is obviously great, but quite like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Did you have problems uh, with your suppliers getting the goods? Um, not at the moment, though. Recently, a lot of things have been out of stock. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a delay. Like, so last June was fine. Now it's a bit of a problem. Um, and I think it's affecting our sales now that we can't get the stuff mm-hmm. anymore. Um, Got it. I mean, it was basically we. I think the prices are less less competitive price wise than it used to be. We're making more money than we were, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of. So we did really really well. Sales were quite poor January twenty twenty, 
mm-hmm. and February, and then they went mental um, kind of March, April, May, June, and then went down again. And they were actually lower than they were the year before in the summer. And then the winter with the Christmas was really good. And now they're quite a lot lower, partly because of Brexit. Yeah. Um, Could be the reason, absolutely. Well, it's just, you know, we did 25% of our sales. And also, yeah. I think that people are, it's beginning to hurt a bit now, the whole yeah. thing. Money is getting, yeah, I mean, getting it's, out, yeah. It's, not it's people bought all the jigsaws they needed last year they don't need any more cool thank you very much it was a great interview thank you so much um and i i really like um so the 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 learning by doing aspects uh is something that i really love Uh, i'm such a guy myself so learning by doing and trying different things out improving every day um and um and 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 also the, the the point where i said um just do it and list on those marketplaces. If you have the catalog ready, go there, find a tool um, that can help you. Sorry for that. Um, find a tool that can help you list it on the marketplaces and 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 sell international. It is the it, it's you need not care. If you have the SKUs, if you have the EANs, if you have the ASINs, just connect those uh, catalogs and your stock and do selling. Yes. So it's a, it's unsophisticated, but it works. Great. Thanks so much. Have okay, a great time. See soon. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.